Hi everyone, I'm Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to Talkie Sweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Yes, but through our own lens, which can be a little peppery, a little bitter, a little spicy, but at the end of the day, hopefully mildly sweet. Hi. Hi. So today we're talking about 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After Season 7, Episode 17, Thank You Next, which is a Taylor Swift song that I don't know, but... Oh, or, it's Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. Okay, yeah, one of those. Thank you, Next. Thank you. Next. I don't know it. Um, but let's start off with Bilal and Shy. Let's jump right in and let's do them. Um, and this episode, I really actually think that we got to see them be super honest with us and especially Bilal. I feel like Bilal finally just said the thing that he needed to say. Now, first of all, of course, he has to be the greatest showman in the in the world and say, this is the world famous Brooklyn Bridge. And we're like, did we need that? Does she need that? And so then they're walking and it's nighttime and it's beautiful. And it's obviously some kind of warm weather um, because he's wearing just like a, a long sleeve white shirt and she's wearing like a little trench with a hat. It's a whole, she's got a whole inspector gadget like situation happening. And um, he says, okay, so let's talk about the helicopter ride. Cause after that, it just feels like this whole trip shifted. And I feel like for the first time, Bilal is being like truly re weird. He's like, am I wrong for wanting us to have a strong foundation first for me to want to spend more time with my wife before we bring a child into it is it wrong to be selfish and I'm like great we're saying the things and acknowledging the things that we need to acknowledge and say that you truly feel I mean because I, as I said before this man truly feels that having kids changed his relationship with his spouse and that's what eventually led to his their demise and it's 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 crazy that he doesn't see how his actions led to that but it's also interesting to know that he, I mean, that is the place that he's coming from. And I wish, and I don't understand why are they just doing it because maybe it isn't a part of their religion. We don't know. Or are they just doing this because they want to add drama and they want to be interesting. But the fact that they keep not talking about creating embryos and just freezing them until they're ready is wild to me because that is the solution to this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the solution that, they have access to that he should have some of the money for and maybe he doesn't but like why haven't they talked about it at all why haven't they talked about if they don't want to create embryos fine just freeze some eggs because then they could do you know like or and yeah that's just my thing so I have a hard time getting past that because that is the solution that no one's talking about I agree. I agree. It's, it's a great solution. Also, what annoys me is that Bilal keeps having this attitude like, I've done so much for her and it's not enough. It's not enough. And it's like, she's asked two things of you. She's asked for help with her yoga and to have a baby. So just because you decide to do other things, like a helicopter ride or take her to, you know, it's like, if you know like if if i just kept being like all i want to do all i want is zoom 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 mena boom boom just shake your rump okay sorry you know, all i want all i want is a watch i just keep saying all i want is a watch at christmas that's all i want all year i just been like you know i just really want to watch and you someone gets me a lamp gets me perfume gets me a raider's hat gets me socks and then it's like what are you i've done so much for you and it's like 
no, I don't need that. I don't need a Raiders hat. No, listen, I'm, I guess thanks for thinking of me when you went to a Raiders game. I never wanted a Raiders hat. I'm not really a big Raiders fan. Um, you know, I really could have used a fucking watch. <laughs> so why are you like, why are you going and like cantonizing yourself or canonizing yourself and being some saint of doing so much for me when you are doing everything possible to not give me the one very obvious thing I've asked for? You are in fact like, just distracting and it's so obvious and it's so like then victim me like i do so much and it's like no you're actually over exuding yourself to like distract from the one thing that you could be doing and as a man you should be addressing which is the actual need of the situation and not some superfluous you know like fake thing you need to do to like cosplay as a doting husband and that's on what period all right, let's move on. Yara and Jovi. So in this segment with Yara and Jovi, Jovi's packing. And he um, asks her, did you have fun on this trip? The baby. That's her, Myla. And Myla says no. <laughs> uh, no, he asks Yara and Yara says, yeah, besides you complaining. This is when they're in the car. But there is a moment with Myla while he's packing where he's like, Myla, come here. Myla, you're going to miss me? And she says no in like the cutest way. Um, but they finally decide to have their last day together with some family time. And they go to a park and she's like, Myla, look, it's so beautiful. You have these beautiful things. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, babies don't know. Don't ask a baby about the beautiful scenery. Not only do they not know, but this is all they do know. So they don't know whether it's beautiful or ugly. Uh, so Myla starts to play and then Jovi and Yara have a conversation where he then finally says, okay, I understand why you want to stay. It just made me feel some kind of way the first five times you asked me in front of people and I wanted to say, but now I understand. So you can go ahead and stay, but I really want you to understand that because I'm doing this, that means that you have to consider having a baby and uh, moving where I want to. And she's like, Jovi, I just wish you wouldn't say anything because you sound stupid you sound stupid so um great I'm glad you said that and got that off your chest you sound like an idiot but she's like I'm not ready to have a kid and so like let's move on but in that's in their confessional so on this beautiful scenery he agrees and the next day uh he's packing to go home and um she's like Yovi you need help and so she goes over to help him and uh, I don't remember what happens after that, but Olga's there all of a sudden, right? Like yeah, all of a sudden yeah, he yeah. just appears. Yeah, I like this part. So yeah, she's like, you know, he's like sad to see Myla, to, to leave Myla. Myla's like going to him and hugging and he's like about to cry. And he does not like Yara's mom. They have been on camera multiple times and the coldness between them is palpable. He doesn't mm -hmm. want to look at her. He, he won't even look at her face. You know, like I think that he really thinks that she... This is what I feel like intrinsically. This woman has been through a lot and is a divorced wife and has on her some resentment for the hardships that she had to endure being a, a abandoned mother and wife of children. And I think that that pain and trauma scares Jovi because he feels like inevitably he is to not trust her because she feels like she feels like she's a threat to their marriage. It feels like Olga's 
like wanting of Yara to be independent or leave Jovi or not think of Jovi's opinions or think about the trauma that, you know, that she had herself faced and being left by Yara's uh, dad. It feels like all of that hangs heavily also on the relationship she's going to have with Yara's husband, Jovi. Yes, they don't speak the same language. And so, yeah, like they barely talk, they barely hug. But, you know, Myla goes between the two parents. This is It's so weird because at one point during this conversation, he's like, okay, well, yeah, you're staying like Yara. Like, when do you think he'll come back? And he's going to be gone for a month. Now, Yara won't answer. That part, crazy. Because I want to be like, go back when you know he's going to come back from work. Just say that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was weird that she didn't want to answer. I also think it's weird that we haven't seen Jovi be controlling. We haven't, I mean, maybe Yara has felt she's being controlled. And maybe that's what she's told her mother and people around her. But we haven't seen it on camera. So when they're talking about that as a reason why she needs to be by herself so they can be independent or she could be independent for a little bit to kind of, I guess, find herself. I'm confused at that because then I judge her for allowing someone like Jovi to like run her Uh, (laughs) because that man is a drunkard. So like, how could you allow that at some point you should take responsibility for this. Um, And so I'm glad that she gets to stay there. I'm glad they came to that understanding because I think it's important that she get to stay with her mother after not seeing her for two whole years and there being a war and do some extended time with her mama. I think that's important. Um, we didn't have any Jenny and Sumit this episode, which I'm kind of grateful for because, um, Kim and Usman really, I mean, they gave us everything that we've ever needed. Um, we can quickly go through family Libby because it, um, I mean, we can, I mean, I have, I put the exact words almost of that fight. It's like, they really just want to be the family Chantel so Mm -hmm. bad. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just sad. So let's go to Andre and Libby. All right. So with them. Andre is in the car and they're on their way to this fucking therapy session that they have goaded us with for the last five episodes. And Andre's like, I want to go there and I want to have results, you know, not bullshit. And I'm like, Andre, do you not know what therapy is? No. Either is, either is Charlie. Yeah, because they're like, they everyone keeps yelling at the therapist. It's like they think that they're going to the therapist in order for the, her to tell them who's right. And I'm like, no, you're not. This is not that. Pro- no, 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 no. This isn't court. So, She's not a judge. You're not pleading your case. Yeah. So uh, Libby's like, first of all, stop calling my family names because he's like, I don't try to get along with those losers. And she's like, so because the name calling is going to start a fight. And he's like, OK, well, I, I, you know, he just basically doesn't want to seem like, like, I don't know. He's just such an annoying bull in the China shop. And now as hot as he is, this episode really made me not want to hear his stupid voice for at least a year, you know? I know it. I know it. So, <laughs> so they get there and, um, it doesn't, they, they cut out the portion where Libby says hi to her mother, which I thought was stupid. So it feels as though she didn't. And then there's a, that her and, um, Andre just came in and sat down and they shook hands with the therapist and then just sat down. And then Pam's just looking at them like, I I guess, hi, you know, it was weird. What would happen if Chuck early on in this therapy session and they come in the same fucking shirt, right? I just same green polo shirt, red polo, you know, emblem. Sometimes I'm like, why doesn't Chuck look at Andre and is like, 
I know our family had some problems before you came in. And so this blame is not right on you, but I'm the patriarch of this family. So no one's going to yell anymore over me. I pay all of you. Yeah. I don't know why either. <laughs> you know, cause it's like whoever makes the money makes the rules. It's very interesting in this. Okay. So this is, so this is, so they all get down. They all come in separately. It's Megan. It's Charlie. It's Pam. It's, Pam's husband. I don't know. Some random guy. I don't know that guy. <laughs> That's his then, her husband. Okay. I'm like, why are you here? I mean, okay. Becky Buka, yeah. <laughs> Becky and Buki are there. Their husbands are not there, but Megan's there. And Pam's Pam's there. Um, I'm like, too bad. I'm like, whatever happened to the cancer survivor date? Like, she Chuck, she could have shown up anyway. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so they start. Yes, Chuck and Charlie were in the same thing. And they're like, Did you plan that? Ha ha ha. But it's like, we good, dude. It looks like we're on the same side, you know, whatever. We also get this information from chuck that charlie drunkenly texts him in the middle of the night things like you're not a man you're a woman you like you know like you let your whole you're weak you let your whole family you know like fall apart you know over this and it's interesting because i'm kind of feeling the same thing it's it's interesting because what we see of chuck is like i just want the family to be here (laughs) and like a barbecue but i'm like What's where's the man in this that's like I pay all of you? I mean, for me, it's like I don't. Yeah, I don't get. I think Chuck has like let go. He doesn't know how to be the patriarch of a family, um, especially because he keeps saying like, "Well, he is not managing it in the way that he should be managing it," and. Chuck says that he just wants his family to be together. And Libby's like, we've never been together. We've always done things separately. And then Jen jumps in and she's like, yeah, what is normal for us? Like normal is the chaos that it is. And that's something that Andre says is that, you know, and Libby also says that before she got with Andre, she didn't understand why she felt like anger and anxiety when she went to family events. Chuck says now they have the separate events and she doesn't want that. She's he's like, I don't want it to be some events with my ex and some events with me. And then Pam uh, just like randomly gets upset about being called an ex and is like, um, my name is Pam. And I was like, girl, what? Okay, that was a great point to make, Pam. That makes sense. Like, are you mad because he doesn't say Pam over here? Does he says my ex? Like, is that disrespectful, Chris? Uh, I actually thought so because she is sitting right there. She's doing talk in third person. Let me ask you this. Oh, at one point they're like we grew up separately our parents got divorced and some of us lived with our dad some of us lived with our mom and i was like oh i want to know more who lived with who so i'm like okay libby had to have lived with chuck libby and charlie did oh you know this no that's what i'm guessing oh, you like you think libby and charlie lived with chuck i was like i think charlie lived with pam no i think libby and charlie lived with chuck because chuck said that him and charlie were super close they were closer than anybody else. And we all know that Libby is a daddy's girl, 100%. And so I think that, you know, remember, I don't know if you remember past seasons when Becky and Buki were a part of the business, like Becky got very mad at Chuck for, for allowing Andre to step in, in the way he did, which makes me feel like she like felt some kind of way about like not being with her dad or like, she felt like, I don't know, they were getting closer. I don't know. But that's what I got out of that. So that was really interesting that that happened. Another thing that came up is like Charlie is really doing his very best to like act like he's not upset and that everything just happened to him, which is wild. Because when Chuck says you sent me late night texts, he completely denies it like it's not true. and just smiles. He doesn't say, you know what, dad, you're right. That was a dick of me. Um, and then he's 
he's, I mean, everything, everyone's yelling and then they get the ball out. And then Aunt Libby at some point gets a little ball so that she could speak. And Libby's so good because she's like, whenever her sister says something, she's like, I heard what you said. You said this. She repeats it to validate what they just said. And then like talks about how she didn't mean to hurt them. And she didn't mean to like not tell them about the pregnancy and that, you know, Andre is not keeping her from them, that she's making a choice to stay away from them. And so they find solace in that which is really nice but then at some point Andre tries to like snatch the ball or not snatch but he's like give me ball so that I can speak and she's like no I am talking and she has to put him in his place and I'm like Andre how could you possibly think you he thinks he looks so good in this scenario because he's talking the loudest Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you look stupid. So stop it. And so like basically all Andre is like, fuck, 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 bullshit, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then Charlie's like, I just made a joke about calling the cops. And then Megan's like, he said, come in and sit the fuck down. And I'm like, we have camera footage of that. Yeah. yeah. Andre did not say that. Mm-hmm. Charlie walks in making a lot of noise talking about call the cops. Charlie is here. Like that joke would go over well when they hadn't talked to him in like a year. And then Andre's like, come sit down. So go, go down. and he's like you're not gonna tell me what to do and that's what started it yes like, it's it's crazy that like charlie and megan still have this warped idea of what happened andre calls charlie a drunk um and that's really the end of it they tell them about like that somebody probably called the police or ice on him and everything explodes and everybody's like, I want proof that the lawyer said that. And you're probably lying. And just a lot of yelling and Libby and Chuck are like, he said that probably maybe somebody called not that you guys did it. Anyways, Megan even goes at Chuck. Megan's like, and I can't believe that you would allow, you know, your only son to be like accosted in your own home, you know, like their anger at Chuck is real and yeah he does seem weak about it like he doesn't say you know why doesn't he say because you guys didn't come in that way that's not what happened so now I'm sitting here having you lie and when I have the fucking clips also you know I, I just don't understand why this man isn't a man you know like especially if I don't know you see the turmoil of a, of a family that needs leadership and you see like this is all these people you created. Have some responsibility. It's not going to be Pam, honey. She's like knee deep in fake Louis. You know what I'm saying? It's not, not going to be Pam. Um, all right. Um, yeah, we have to move on. That is the end of them. So let's now talk about, is it just Usman and Kim left? Uh, yeah. Great. We did it. How? We have so much time to talk about Usman and Kim now. Wait, wait, wait. Really? Oh, yeah, because we don't talk about anyone else. And it was a heavily also, yeah, because we're a lot on uh, Kimberly. We don't talk about Angela and Michael, and we don't talk about Ed and Hoo, but, like, those people also had very long segments. Like, Ed's and whatever that girl's segment happened so long. Like, I just kept fast-forwarding. I was like, oh, okay. okay." So, next couple that we're going to talk about are Kim and Usman. Wow, honey. Boy, does this... This went from zero to negative billion real quick chris (laughs) i'll let you go so basically as we know um kimberly and usman are now back uh together in uh the homeland uh of him to try and see if they can adopt and form a relationship with muhammad who is usman's older brother's son mahadi this of course, remedies the fact that Usman 
doesn't have children. And if he was to marry Kimberly, who is too old to bear children, but not too old for other things, that he also could also have a child without having to get a second wife and therefore be a polygamist and therefore not be able to get his visa. So like all of this is what's happening. Mahadi is adorable. The, the, the first time they meet, it was like Mohammed finding out that like, you know, they want to take a son away and then he doesn't think about it. So the next time they are going to go to this like cute carnival, like a cute carnival fair, you know? And listen, I'm so happy about this scene. Mohammed th- talked about it, uh, thought about it. And one thing is that, yes, no one in Usman's family was able to go to schooling. So the fact that Mahadi would be able to go to school and get a Western education is attractive. Uh, but to hear Mahadi's mom for the first time, because we didn't get to hear her talk at all last episode, to hear her voice be like, yeah, I'm not, I don't want him to leave. <laughs> I'm not quite sure about him leaving. I get because... You know, have you seen him? He's fucking adorable. And I wouldn't want that baby to go anywhere except for my bosom. Okay, so I get it. I get him. She has another kid, too, that's even younger than Mahadi, whatever. So uh, Kimberly and Usman are, like, taking Mahadi around the carnival. And Kimberly's like, let's go on this, um, yeah, not Ferris wheel, uh, carousel. And um, he goes in the carousel. At first, he's, like, a little timid. You know, she's like, sit here. You know, I'm not quite sure if he understands what, you know, all the English. And so it's just this woman, like you know like it's Kimberly but he's doing a good job and at the end he has fun and he like keeps giving her high five she loves the high five she's like another high five and you like see his little smile oh my god okay my goodness gracious adorable so basically that's the that is how this goes it, it looks like it's moving towards that and they're thinking about Mahadi schooling the of course the crux in this is that they really would like Mahadi to be raised in a very Muslim household and Kimberly is not into converting this whole time Jamal's there you know like Jamal is just like watching this happen Jamal's being weird in Jamal especially now that I've seen him on the single life reunion I'm like these are these are two different people and I don't like any of them I don't like any of them um but the jamal has to leave and so he basically yeah he like takes his ps5 he's like cool thanks oh wait sorry go on um so we're at the amusement park and muhammad and jamal and usman and kim and the mother sit down and they talk about their um choice muhammad says i have to go back and talk to my mom about this it happened you guys sprung this on us yesterday and um, we still need to, you know, consult the elders. And Kim's like, well, don't worry. This is not going to happen for a few years. And I was like, oh, good. That was a great thing to say because that's true. You shouldn't take him until he's at least 10. Like, there's no reason for you to take him now. And so um, Usman is like, oh, no, this is no right away. And she's like, but it's going to take time. Like, we still have to get married. We still have to apply for the visa, then get married and then figure out our lives and then we can adopt him and and bring him over and that's going to take time too it's not just like oh i choose to adopt you and i bring you over like we have to become legally his guardians and whatnot so he's like no 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 i want this to happen immediately um i'm not under like why are you saying that like that's not the way i would like to do this and jamal is like okay but where are you guys gonna live And that doesn't get answered because I know that like, you know, Jamal's trying to bring in like very real world facts. It's like, you don't even know where you're going to live in the United States yet. And you're already trying to bring a third party over. Like, is, are you guys gonna live in my grandma's house? Like, what do you, is that what's going to happen? And so, 
Um, that doesn't get answered. And then the, uh, Muhammad and his wife leave and they get back to the hotel and it's the next day. And then Jamal is packing and he's having a conversation with his mother and his mother's like, what did you think? Did you see how happy I was? And Jamal's like, sure. Yeah. I saw how happy you are, but I still want you to think about all of the things you need to think about, which is like the logistics of everything. You know, there's still some red flags for me. And Usman then comes to interrupt their conversation. I could have had more conversation with Jamal and, Kimberly, to be honest, and Usman interrupting it was kind of annoying with a cappuccino. And so Usman is worried that, and, and this is why they set it up this way, is that Usman is like worried that Jamal is going to get into Kimbali's ear and convince her to not to do the adoption. So he kind of doesn't want them spending any time together. And I'm like, they live together. I mean, they live in the same country and talk to each other every day. What are you talking about? So he's like, oh, I'm packing up my PS5 and I'm going to go and then uh, they get into, they put him in the car and Usman is, I mean, Kim's like, you should say bye, love you, stepson. And he does. And Jamal's like, no, stop, stop this. Well, Jamal yeah. didn't even want to hug, <clears throat> hug him. He was just going to yeah. be like, all right, bro. <laughs> yeah. The bro, bro, bro tap. And, dab and him up. Like, no hug. And he's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, this was cool, but this was also stupid at the same time, you know? <laughs> Um, so then we have, uh, it's not that maybe it's the next day, but we have this like weird footage where the cameraman wasn't ready quite yet to like start filming, but everybody has their mics on. And then we see Usman say, babe, I'm sorry. And then she gets very upset and starts to basically just say all the things that we have wondered if he said to her, which he has, and this is rude. She's like, everything I do is wrong. The way I walk is wrong. The way I dress is wrong. You know, there's a lot of things that I could say about you, but I don't say it. You make me feel so incompetent sometimes. And, you know, Usman, we find that he's been making comments about the room being messy and it's made her upset because she feels judged. And Chris, what do you think? It was like, okay, what an interesting. Okay. So first of all, when this happened, I freaked out because yes, I fast forward Oh. He has segments of people that I don't like to see. So let me get this. Way. So I fast forward a segment, right? And, I, and I'm like, oh, it's Camille Newsman. I'm going to play it. And then it starts in the middle of this fight. And I'm like, the fuck? Did I miss a whole other scene of them? So I have to go. Now I rewind back in the episode because this fight just starts in such a way that I didn't realize that it did not happen on camera. Um, so that's like why it was confusing to me. So yes, basically we pick up, she's getting ready in a green outfit in the bathroom and he is like standing outside and they're having this argument. And of course they said, which was, which was said is like, he maintains that the room is getting a little messy, that he starts to clean up, that he's not like saying anything about her, but that he is just cleaning up. And then maybe he makes a comment and he, he, she takes it really intensely when she says, I don't do anything right. I don't walk right. I was like, the, what does that mean? What did he say about the way that she walks? Listen. I mean, we've all said something well, I know about the way it. that she I walks. I know. I know it. I so it's really evident. What did he say? Yeah. You know. But um, yeah. And also, he said she needs a tummy tuck. When is she going to lose weight? So they have been having all of these conversations that I think a lot of viewers or people have probably asked or like whatever too. And it, but it, it is very hurtful to hear that from someone who's supposed to love you. And we, I mean, every time she talks about some of the stuff that he said or has done, it's like very clear that he doesn't love you, girl. 
Yeah, he he does the exact same thing again where he's like, it brings up the sacrifice to sacrifice. I've done this for you. I'm about, I've come over here twice. The reason why we're together is I've come over here twice and now you want me to adopt this baby. And then she's like, that's what she's doing. And he's like, yeah, but I'm with you. And no one in my whole region, no man would ever choose to be with someone like you. So that is like, can you believe what I've done? <laughs> which is what he says yeah which he's been saying it's only the first time yeah he's said this so many times i i mean it's like she but she keeps hearing it and then she talks herself out of it like she talks herself out of the mean spiritedness of this or she somehow is like he says that but he really does like love me but then she kind of like gets it like a man that loves you wouldn't say such a thing because he really does hold it over her head that she is uglier and older than him now i'm not saying that she's uglier than him but in his mind he she is uglier and older than him and therefore he should be for the rest of the relationship put on a pedestal for what he gave up yeah and he she says that they have no conversation no sex. and that they've had no sex when did that happen? Like, I'm sorry, we went from yammy, yammy, like, to, like, was it because the sun was there? Like, is this, you mean just this trip? You like, know what? Yeah, I sometimes try not to judge men who, like, don't have sex as often because I think it's unfair to say that all men are, like, rutting animals. Like, no, like, maybe, you know, you don't feel like it. But the problem with that is, is that your girlfriend lives 24 hours away from you via plane. And if you are with her, and not having sex with someone you see maybe twice a year, unfortunately, you have to give it up those two times. You just have to. You have to. Like, because. Two times a day. Huh? Two times a day. I know. Like, you have to. Otherwise, the person's going to feel some kind of way. If I don't see my person for months and then I come to see them and we don't, like, absolutely not. Unless oh. there's, like, periods. But we know she's not on her period. So, like, it's crazy. Um, so. Oop, Usman feels like she should be happy uh, that they Wait. found an option to adopt. It sounds like you said oopsman. <laughs> oopsman? Oops. That's funny. Like after he said what he said, it wasn't oopsman. You know, like <laughs> I, you know, I just, yeah, he, this, this conversation is different from all their other arguments. It just is like a base level where they both, I think, this conversation happens underneath the stress of everything they've been doing. And they just both are like, but he's the one that's like ready for this to go. He was like one fight away from letting her go. And this was the, and she did, she wasn't ready for it. So like she goes away and like gets some space and it's just like, you know, starting to, she tells the person she's talking to the producer. Yeah. He doesn't respect me. Like, you know, how dare he do that? How dare he do that? And then she like smokes and gets it out. And then she like goes back in fully prepared to apologize. So she goes back in and she's like, I know I took the ring off. I took the ring. Cause she took the ring off before she left and, and like left it. And she's like, she's like, I know I took that ring off, but like, I want to talk about it some more. And he's just like, Oh, this is my out. This is my out. She took the ring off. I'm using it against her in the court of law. And so, and so then um, he's like, listen, I don't, I want a life of peace. And we obviously are not made for each other because you think that you sacrifice more than me. And I think that I've said, and she's like, she's like, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I don't think you're putting words in my mouth. And he's like, 
and I think that I've sacrificed for you. Like, I just feel like nobody in my area would ever marry somebody like you. And I gave up my dream of having kids to be with you. And I give you the option of adoption as, as our way out. And you don't even want to take that. So I don't know what you want from me. I've already done everything that I, I can do. We've, we, I've made sacrifices and you've made sacrifices too. Um, and she then was like in her confessionals outside was like, I was not saying that adoption was a sacrifice. I would never say that. I would never say that, you know? And I'm like, girl, you said it, you said it <laughs> and it's not wrong. Cause it is because this person got with you knowing that you could not have kids and then is now making you feel shitty about it as though like it is something he didn't know prior to getting with you. Mm -hmm. He knew it and he's holding it against you as like a strike. So it's like he's gotten with somebody who doesn't look the way he wants, who doesn't walk the way he wants, who doesn't dress the way he wants, and who can't have babies the way he wants. And he's making you feel guilty for all of those things. So like, it's okay for you to feel like it's a sacrifice, but she so wants to like bend herself for him, which is one of those toxic traits that you were talking about in our Love After Lockup podcast that should be up as well. Uh, <laughs> where we talk about women who just like do things for men, like just bend over backwards and aren't able to like tell that they are like putting themselves out there for these guys in this like crazy, crazy way. So like, yeah. It's pick me. That's kind of like pick me behavior, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm the perfect woman. No, I'm always really, really, really sweet. And I never do anything bad. And I'm always going to put your slippers out exactly the way you want. And uh, I'll cook for you. I'll cook really, really good for you. And I really, really hope you think I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. And I'm skinny. I'm skinny. I'm good. Right. No, pick me over people. Those women are other women are so dumb, but I'm I'm only one of the dumber, better ones. You know, it's like it's a weird thing that women do. Uh, and it's and it actually is completely denying their power their god-given power uh, and what they their value they bring to the relationship which is not what you do for them for a man it's what you are for a man anyway uh <laughs> different podcasts a different time so uh and also like you know god bless couldn't sign me up i need to like learn about how to like you know get a man um so this yeah, is she's really sad. It's a really sad situation. She is like, she surrenders to it. It very much feels over. She's outside smoking and he comes outside. Now, I don't know if this is exactly how it goes, but the editing of it looks like this. Okay. This is what they want us to think happened. She's outside like by a pillar, maybe like of where the valet part of where you would go at a hotel. Like there's a big column. She's by there. She's smoking. She, he comes out walks out sees her doesn't do anything walks to a car gets in the car drives off property no luggage <laughs> so i'm like confused no luggage i don't know if it happened sometime in between i don't know if they were in different parts of the hotel and they just cut it to make it seem because there was like a moment as though he was gonna like walk over or say yeah. something to her or and that he would say something to him. Yeah. Like it, it, it does this thing where it, it shows her like. As if she witnesses it all and notices that he's not talking to her. Yeah. And um, so he then says, uh, he basically was like, I cannot be with a woman who acts like that. Someone who says, fuck you and things like that. And I listen, that is the one thing for me that like was a deal breaker. I can't be with somebody who talks to me any kind of way. The moment I ever think to tell somebody, fuck you, I am okay with this relationship ending. Mm -hmm. 
that that is I am somebody who's who tries to be very intentional with words and sometimes mm -hmm. I mess up but I there are a, there I mean a lot of times I mess up but there's but there is a line for me and it is cussing and it is actively belittling mm -hmm. and and for him I can see her I can see that being a problem like even on my worst day I don't want my husband or my partner to say fuck you yeah I don't want them to say that and oh, so even if he's the wrong person in this, her reactions to it are so strong in the way that they are because she's angry because she feels like he doesn't love her. But that's, again, he doesn't. And you are trying to put a Band-Aid over a gaping wound. And that's why you're reacting the way you're reacting, which, yeah, Chris? She didn't, she, she didn't want to face the fact that he didn't truly love her because whatever he was giving her was enough for her to be happy. But so she turned a blind eye, but she knew it the whole time because it was, he kept saying things that she would feel on the inside and then just not face. Or she would face it in a way that wasn't good. She's like, well, sometimes you make me feel like this. You know what I'm saying? You know, but I know you don't feel that way. I know you love me, but like a lot of times you make me feel this way. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to make you feel that way. So if I'm making you feel that way, I do apologize. But like, so it's like she would half tell him about himself and then backtrack and be like, well, I'll be better too. I will say this is a very different, you know, when we first met Kimberly, she was in every way the most cringeworthy super fan that was just like, I thought some person that Usman wanted to get free PA work out of. You know, like, I really thought that he was like, oh, this person will come and, like, help me with some shoots, you know, or whatever. And so the fact that he even got to this far where, like, they almost adopted a kid and, like, maybe we're going to get married. I mean, maybe because it's for the show. I don't know. I don't know what's real, what's not. But this, but she, but she, I think that Kimberly's a very good actress, if any of this is fake. I mean, she was, the way she was sobbing in that hotel hallway. I know it. I think she's yeah. very good. Yeah. I mean... And she's like the butt of the joke a little. Like she is, she came onto it knowing that the storyline, at least to a certain extent, would be like he's young and better than her. I mean, but it's just like, what kind of conversation? I, I just, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. I want one conversation that they've had over Skype or FaceTime where they don't think anybody's filming and what that chemistry is like. Like, because then I'm like, then I could understand why she thinks the way because I remember I was telling you that when somebody calls you all the time and you talk to them regularly throughout the day or at least you know all the time you like you you get to know them on a different level when there's their guard is down to so to speak and so maybe she really felt like when it's them over FaceTime she's the most beautiful person in the world but then when they get in public together he's like embarrassed and then he treats her that way so like maybe that's what it is that we're missing is the real sweetness of him. Maybe it's easier to finesse someone when you're a lot, when you're far away, you just say sweet things to them. And yeah, maybe it's a lot harder to keep it up when you're physically with someone. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, it's just, it's just, yeah, I just, it's so funny because this week I started to get articles. People would post that they had broken up and I'll be honest. I didn't see it coming. I didn't think they were going to be not together. For the tell all. Now, whether they get back together for tell all or whatever, who knows, right? But I, it was a that was a shock a little bit for me. Also, yes, as we've already mentioned, the tell all is what happens next week. Four, four. parts. Four, fucking 
<laughs> and they're so excited they're like oh no and now we're listen we're trying something new, new. This time and this time the cameras are not gonna, just gonna be following them when they're on stage it'll be outside too and it's like well that bitch what's what's been happening like most of your most of your scene work at the tell-alls happen behind stage in the green room when they're like have eating out of plastic boxes yeah what i want to know who who is the audience that's actually seeing that non-version of that remember we talked about that last time like are, is this is the tell-all like shot in estonia like what they put in estonia's tell-all is that everything with the commercials like because we don't we haven't seen a regular tell-all in seasons yeah <laughs> like seasons so it's like now they're adding another level to it where the cast is hanging out if i were the cast i'd be like fuck we can't get any time like every time we hang out together the camera's gonna be here even if it's in a fake bar that's actually on set <laughs> You know why? I think this is why it is. I think because they love when the cast members talk shit about each other on stage in the tell. They love it. But sometimes it doesn't fucking make sense because you're like, you don't even know each other. Like, you don't know each other. And you're like, so why would you care? Like, why are you sitting there yelling at someone you don't even know? Like, you've never met that person. It's so weird. So I think that they really want to be able to... And they showed us a a mild moment of like Kimberly and Angela like at a bar. I don't know if the bar, honey, is like next door to the studio in New York City. And as Wad said, or if it's literally bought, they built a bar set, honey. I'm not quite sure, but it's like very obvious. They're like, okay, and we'll take them somewhere else (laughs) and also film. Like, you know, so it's like they just want interactions to be able to get dramatic moments between these characters you know well then what they need to do then is just make it so that the last week is everybody comes together and stays at a hotel and then they need to film the shenanigans like that would be interesting if like there was just like instead of having 17 weeks of like shit we don't care about give us a solid 13 episodes and then give us two weeks of like bachelor in paradise (gasps) i love that idea no i i I also like the idea if and show the cast the stuff yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Have them almost not watch the entire season. If, if possible, don't have them watch any of the season. Oh, you want that? Okay, okay, okay. Okay. I want them to be going about their lives, then get there two weeks before, and then they power watch, binge all of their shit. Okay, <laughs> all together they they watch everyone, and then we pick up. Yes. And it, I mean that's what we need, right? That I don't. I'll like that instead of Sean Robinson. She can go. Like, let's get somebody else. And then oh, I wonder who they should get. Wa, should they get um two fabulous fun docky sweeties with like you know just smiles for days? <laughs> Could be anywhere at any time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're actually gonna go on Christmas and New Year's. Like, I feel like they're gonna give us a show on New Year's. They may not on Christmas, but who knows? So, so, so with four tell-alls, the the earliest that we would be done with this season would be the fifteenth. If they skip Christmas. The earliest is the 22nd. If they skip both Christmas and New Year's, the earliest is the 29th. So we could legitimately go until February talking about this. It's 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 wild. And is, is the tell-all two hours? So really, it's four times two. It's eight, eight. eight hours of this tell-all. It is wild. So, I mean, you guys, like, I guess we're still here on this journey together <laughs> with HEA. 
they're dragging it out and we're going to have to talk about Ed and Liz. I mean, obviously with the tell-alls because there's not going to wait. I mean, it looks like Jenny and Ed get into a fight, which I would like to know more about that. We have like Usman and Michael fighting in Nigeria. I'm no information oh, about that. I'm very excited about that because yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm like, I like, I need you both to look at each other and then tell us what you think of each other. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, crazy because they're please. both dating the same not the same type but they're both dating older white women from the u.s uh one's a pushover and one is not so i mean this is i mean it's gonna be good tv but i'm gonna be tired and i truly only need two episodes <laughs> of it i don't need more than that i'm gonna be tired i'm gonna be tired i'm tired now y'all i'm tired now so um yeah this was a quick simple quick 45 minutes wrap up of this of this uh season and then we have the tell-alls in the next couple of weeks we do hope that you guys have a merry christmas if you celebrate christmas happy hanukkah for those on the 18th um uh your your days of hanukkah so happy the beginning of hanukkah and uh for those of you who celebrate kwanzaa on the 26th may happy kwanzaa uh <laughs> And there's also a winter solstice happening too on the 22nd. So come on, Wiccans. Come on. Come All on, right. Wiccans. We get everybody here. Uh, Spella. Come on, Spella. You know? <laughs> exactly. That's that's very true, honey. Um, like, oh, there's so many witch people that like want to burn the sage. You know that like what's her face from uh, Love and Paradise? Danielle. Yeah, Danielle is also like very much excited about the solstice. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, she passed. Um, anyways. We want to thank you guys so much for joining us and we'll see you, I don't know, next week, maybe the week after, not sure when they're going to actually air the episode. Uh, so we'll see you then. Hope we get a week off. Yes. Um, you can, if you want to see the visuals of what you are listening to, if, I mean, we, we look good. Like she's wearing like a sparkly gold number. I have off the shoulder, like peasant dress with like a head wrap because I took my braids out. Um, and you can join us on patreon.com slash docusweeties. That is $10 a month where you get the visuals of what you are listening to. Plus we do a, a monthly show every first Monday of the month. The next one is the second. Chris, talk about our socials. So you can follow us on Instagram at DocuSweeties, also TikTok and Twitter at DocuSweeties1, honey. Thank you so much for listening. We love you so much. Rate us five stars if you haven't yet, or send us to anyone you think watches these dumbass shows and needs to marinate and just unpack some shit, okay? God bless it. We love you guys so much and just, you know, take care of yourselves. It's a hard-ass time out there, so just be kind and compassionate. Forgive yourselves for, uh, you know, anything you don't get to get around to. It's just there's a lot that happens, and I think that going with grace not only for yourself but also for the people that you meet that might be on a little bit on an edge, you know, things can be happening this year. So my heart and warmth goes out to all of you guys. I love you. I also love Wa, and, um, you know, that's it. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.